he's never seen me fight live. He, he his news in school on uh, Monday is going to be. I flew to Boston and watched my dad fight in the UFC. Are you going to split your bonus with him if you get it? No, definitely. But he says he's going to split. Um, he's signed up, isn't it? He's already. Yeah, Paul's really nice like that. You know, he doesn't need the money. In fair, he just jacked up him walking on. The chap's loud. dream is to be world champion, world lightweight champion in the UFC, have more money than I know what to do with, and have a great life for my, my kids, my grandkids, everyone in my, in my family, everyone that's, that's come up with me. That's my dream. Episode 21 of the Severe MMA podcast is here. Andrew McGahan joined, as always, by Limerick's favourite son, Sean Sheehan. Sean, you've had a pretty busy 24 hours. Slightly busy now, slightly. Um... I went to Jurassic World yesterday, it was pretty good. I saw um, people giving you shit for thinking it was pretty good. Yeah, it was actually good, have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it oh, yet, but if, good. if we're yeah. talking about movies, okay, I conquered a social barrier at the weekend, I think I was telling you. Yeah, you went by yourself to the film? Yeah, I went, I've never done that. I went to Entourage by myself on Sunday night, there's only one screening of it in Dundalk, two days after it was released, the place was very busy. And I walked into a line, into an aisle. So say there's two people, three seats, two people. So I think, lovely, I'll sit in the middle, won't be near anybody, it'll be fine. I get to the seat, to my horror, there's a jacket holding one of the seats. Oh, so I am just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do here? So I turk, took a sharp left towards the screen, stood up on the chair, and stepped down into the lane, into the aisle <laughs> below me. I like it, gangster. And um, um, as I was leaving, I was uh, I was ambushed, accosted, accosted, <laughs> harassed <laughs> by uh, a friend of mine, a uh, big fan of the podcast as well. And as I was leaving, turns out he was uh, he was there by himself as well. So, <laughs> would have saved. Uh, us you weren't there by yourself. Yeah, well, would have saved us a little bit of uh, awkwardness had I been able to go. But oh well, a great I'm film, actually, great what, film. What? Did you think it was good? I went to see it as well. Did you not like it? I did like it, but I was kind of disappointed. I'm a huge fan of Entourage. Like, it was just like a long episode. Yeah. I'd rather if it was just, they made it into just another series. I don't know. It was. They spent like 25 minutes of the film explaining who the characters were. Like, I already know who the characters are. I don't need all this explanation. I, I agree. I would have rather another series. And it seemed yeah. like the idea of the film is a great plot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That they could have twisted out into a series. Little tiny things like, and the one thing that I noticed is it's that it was made as a film so that you could watch it having never seen the TV series yeah, before. That's true. Example, yeah. um, lads ended up sitting beside me, but there was a time when Johnny Drama said something about your man's calves, and I started oh, yeah. laughing, and a few yeah. other people were laughing, and then I heard someone say, "What's funny about that?" <laughs> you know, so there, yeah, there are little in jokes, but it is. Very enjoyable. Ronda Rousey got some massive screen time as well. I have to say, she was very good as well. She like actually that. wants to bang Turtle. Yeah, I'd, sure. Why not? Great acting. Great yeah. acting, Ronda. I suppose we better get into the main business. So I know. Well, while we're talking about it, I was introduced to the biggest reintroduced to the biggest bastard in the world yesterday. Just on a closing note, J.D. McCoy's father. Oh yeah, Jesus. I, I, I've almost forgotten it. Let me watch it again. What a prick. In case you're not with us, before we get on to Jose Aldo, Friday Night Lights. It's re-sweeping severe MMA towers at the minute. I'm on a watch tour again. 
Peter Carroll spent eight hours yesterday <laughs> watching episodes of Friday Night Lights and rang me to give off about that vixen tramp, Julie Taylor, and how dare she break Matt Saracen's heart. Eight yeah. hours he spent yesterday watching. You leave Julie alone. Oh, she's a great woman. She is. Anyway, what happened yesterday, in case you've been living under a rock, in case you didn't hear, Jose Aldo got his coach... <laughs> To hit him with a baseball bat in the ribs. <laughs> oh, okay. Bill Arino. Yeah. Bill Arino has been going a bit too hard in training. Like oh, okay. So at around 7.45 yesterday evening, UFC Netherlands on Facebook were one of the first to get out there. I know a lot of people were um, praising that reporter from Brazil from Combat, but these guys were the first. MMA Plus were right after them. Um, Jose Aldo suffered an injury in training Nobody knows if he's out of the fight just yet But it's legit I now trust these guys Because something came out today Sean It was on uh, BJJ Eastern Europe That there's yeah. a world class Dutch kickboxer Andy Schurz Or Andy Schurz I'm not too sure how to say his last name Is over in Nova you now And I assume he was uh, He was with uh. Aldo the round before it happened So there's the link We can put that to rest now Jose Aldo, what's going to happen? I don't know. Does he I make suppose, the walk? At the moment, we're kind of in limbo. It's now, what, 20 past one on Windsor when we're recording this. So at the moment, <coughs> we know Aldo has a fractured rib. He's waiting to get a scan or something back today to make sure, to see how fractured it is, how broken it is. So, like a fractured rib is a break that's not the break the whole way through. Or something like that, as far as I know. So if it's like a 10% fracture or something, he might be able to fight. And if it's maybe like a 90% fracture or a 50% fracture even, he probably won't be able to fight. Um, I heard someone saying yesterday it could be up to six week, six months for that to heal. Other people saying if it depends on how bad the fracture is, it could be six weeks. Um, I think Didi Pedaneris, his coach, said he'll be back in October. Pedaneris said he needed three or four weeks and then he could yeah. be back training and then he needed another three month camp now to be honest that sounds like complete and utter bullshit and if someone like Jose Aldo needs that amount of time he should take up another sport like cycling allegedly sorry I actually thought of that one this morning oh good but, I like it anyway uh, we obviously I suppose, on, we can talk about that I suppose like when when that test came out that he he uh, uh, what's what's the word now here that is dodged the right word dodged dodged uh, well, no, he took it he took the test the day, the day after it was an on random test that was supposed to be a random test but did that has have the results been posted from that has he not passed that I've it? seen anyway not that I've seen are but, they um, obliged to uh, I assume I they're so. not Oh, well. uh, you, you're not, I think they are. Oh, you don't know what Brazil, they could do anything. But like a lot of people said after that test, wait for Jose Alda to pull out of this fight. Yeah. Just wait for him. And what happens two weeks later, he pulls out of the fight. Like, okay, coincidences happen, but uh, coincidences, coincidences aren't often actual coincidences, if you know what I mean. So, look, he probably is injured, but... Like that test brings fuel to the fire of these conspiracy theories and things like that. But um, 
Yeah, like it's worth thinking about, but I don't know. He he like he more than likely is injured. And uh, what, what what do you think is next? What do you think is going to happen? Do you think he'll fight, or do you think he, it's gonna it's gonna be scrapped, or what? I think there's so many opportunities, so many things up in the air that this is actually going to give us great discussion for the majority of this podcast. I do think Frankie Edgar is the most logical choice right now to get in and fight Conor <coughs> McGregor. If the UFC are going to take that, you know, maybe it's too big of a loss. You know, there's so many different ways to look at it. If Conor McGregor loses, that's their fight done. But if Conor McGregor loses and Jose Aldo is out for six months, Conor could fight again really quickly in Dublin against the top contender and be the number one contender again. Yeah, the problem with this is, right, if Aldo is only out for three weeks, as as you were saying there, as his camp said... They, they should rebook this fight. They should rebook the fight. And look, Aldo probably wants that fight in Brazil. UFC 190 is coming up there. They could easily stick him in with Ronda Rousey on that card. That's like that's probably what Aldo wants. All of his injuries before have ended up with him fighting in Brazil. So there's that. More than likely, they'll move it back to Vegas. I think the UFC 191 card is in Vegas, if I'm not mistaken. Even if there isn't, they, they can push things around. They can make a card in Vegas. Um, to push it back. That's if Aldo is out short term. If Aldo is out six months, I expect Frankie Edgar to be put in there against uh, against McGregor. Um, if Aldo is out maybe three months or so, I don't know. It's tough. Do you see, like, will they want to put a Frankie Edgar in there against uh, short notice against McGregor? That's like Edgar has been. We know. We all know uh, Edgar stays stays in shape all the time. It's gonna be tough. That'll be a tough fight for McGregor in three months. Will they want to give him a rest? Like, we know McGregor wants to fight wrestlers. That that's just a fact. He said it so many times. But the UFC, obviously, we we know what kind of matchmaking they've gotten given to the UFC. There was a reason to to McGregor. There's a reason he got the receiver and not a not one of the wrestlers. They want to keep him for this Aldo fight. Now is not the time to be giving him Frank Edgar if if Aldo is gonna only gonna be out for um a short time. But if he's out for six months, and they can give him uh, Frank Edgar on three weeks' notice, and he beats Frank Edgar, imagine how big that fight is going to be then. He's answered the wrestling question, then he goes into a huge fight with Aldo, he'll even be bigger than it is now. But uh, it, it, There's Mendes as well as another option. I think it was Ariel who said it, it might not have been, but it, I saw a few different people saying it, that Edgar is the first choice. And if he doesn't want it, uh, or if he can't make weight or whatever, Mendes will be uh, Mendes will be the next in. But would you put him against Frankie Edgar in three weeks? No, that's yeah. Just like I like, I, but I'm looking at it from the point of view that, um, and someone actually told me here's here's a quote from a source. Okay, we were, yeah. we were just discussing some things this morning, and what was said back to me: not having a pop at you, you've tons of passion for the sport and the Irish fans. But sometimes you need to look outside of that and get inside the head of what the UFC would need to be thinking. Yeah, it, that's it, it, would, it would help your writing and interviews. So from my point of view, I'm thinking, how many Irish people have postponed holidays, saved money all year, once in a lifetime trip to Vegas, and this falls through? In my head, I'm thinking, wheel somebody out to fight Conor McGregor so these yeah. people aren't losing their money's worth. So the Irish fans will not be discredited from maybe booking another trip to somewhere like Vegas or Brazil or somewhere like that where Conor will, may or may not be fighting for a world title. 
I think the best outcome of this whole scenario for anybody is Jose Aldo to be well and truly fucked out for six months, interim title, Frank Yedger versus Conor McGregor on 18 days notice. That's another thing. Do you think they'll do the interim title? Like Edgar or um, Aldo has been out for eight months. Yeah, yeah, he's been out for eight months, and say if he's out for another six months, if he's able to back to get back fighting in six months, that's fourteen months. That's not an awful. And this rib injury is not a recurring injury. Like this is an injury that heal. It's not like a knee injury or a shoulder injury that could keep recurring and that has kept recurring. Like um, uh, Kevin Velasquez or like Dominic Cruz or something like that. So like making an interim title. They could do it, and if they did it, it'd be a purely based on promotion want, want and wanting to, to get McGregor the belt. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I could see it happening. Like I don't think it'll happen, but I could see it happening. My gut tells me that this what? fight is going to be postponed. What does your gut? Is Conor McGregor going to fight? No, I don't think he will. I just, I, I'm, I'm st- I still have the hope that Aldo is going to fight on the card. And there's the point as well that you you made there the point about the guy from where did you say he was from Holland that was um, yeah. uh, training with Aldo. As I think we were talking about it earlier on, Chelsea put up the post on on um, on Facebook saying someone who leaked this information cost Aldo three point five million or whatever uh, for a fight. If this information hadn't broken about Aldo. We wouldn't even be talking about this. We wouldn't even know about it. The fight would still be going on. Like he, exactly. he, he'd definitely fight through it. But the fact is, now the news has been leaked, and Conor McGregor knows about it. And more importantly, the Athletic Commission know about it. Um, so they're going to. Um, Who was it put on Twitter that they got through the screening before with broken, with hurt ribs? Yeah, but it's happened a lot of times. Like a I'm lot of fighters have done it. A lot of fighters have yeah. done it. But if the Athletic Commission knows <coughs> that there's some rib-related injury, they're going to find it. They're going to poke extra hard. Aldo will not be able to get through and fight that. However, best case scenario, like it goes to show that Jose Aldo really wants this fight. And now there's rumors about who it was that leaked it. Whether well. there's the media of well. <laughs> Jose Aldo publicly is portraying that yeah, he really true. wants this fight and still wants to fight no matter what of the injury I can imagine a, situ- a scenario where Conor is just saying yes I will fight and Dana and Lorenzo are literally having to put him into a straight jacket like sedate him and put- send him on holidays for three weeks and say you're not fighting on July 11th this fight is too big for us for you to risk going out and maybe losing to someone like Frankie Edgar yeah, there's also the option that I saw... Joseph Duffy! <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think that'll happen anywhere in the world. I think Frankie Edgar would be putting in there before that. But um, Stevens and Bermudez are on that card. I could see him giving him one of them. Um, but that would just put fuel to the fire of all these people saying, oh, they're keeping Conor McGregor uh, away from wrestlers and they'd want him fighting Frankie Edgar and all this shit. But... Like you have a huge fight. Like if you had John Jones and Carmier again, that'd be like you didn't go great the first time, but like you're a huge fight and you have a three months down the road. You're not gonna give fucking you're not gonna give Carm or John Jones or Carmier Rumble Johnson or someone dangerous like that. Like why would you do that? You're gonna cost yourself a lot of money when you're putting yourself in a big risk. Like, um what fight were we talking about there a while ago? I can't remember now. Last one. oh yeah, it's the, 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 that actual fight, the Bader fight. Like, why would you give Daniel Cormier to Bader when you could make Jones and Cormier, and then you have yeah. a huge fight down the road with John Jones against whoever wins? Like, it's the same kind of situation here. Why would you put McGregor in the risk 
of fighting him if Aldo is only out for a short term. Like, I can understand, fair enough, if Aldo is out for six months or something, as you said, McGregor can lose and he got to win fights and he'll, he'll get back. Like, he could be Aldo's second fight back if he wins a couple of fights. But if he's only out for a couple of weeks, as they say he might be, if he can come back at UFC 191 maybe or even the end of the year, I, I think... Um, I think they'll keep McGregor for that. The other side of it, though, is that Conor McGregor has an unwavering self-belief that he's going to clear out every single person in the division. So That's he tough. is going to really push, I think, to stay on this card and to fight um, fight Frank Yeager or whoever it is that they can get in. Now, and to be honest, while it's a tough fight for Conor, like, it is a lose-lose situation for him because if he beats oh, Frank, well... well, If he beats him, it'll, it'll end... If you beat him, it makes that Aldo fight fucking huge. Yeah, it and makes... it, and it, but it also gives people enough room to throw shit and say, yeah, of course, Frankie Edgar only took the fight. And you know the way the internet is. Yeah, yeah. 18 notice. Frankie Edgar, a full camp Frankie Edgar will beat him. I do think it puts a massive exclamation mark on the credentials and ability of Conor McGregor if he beats Frankie Edgar July 11th, if the fight happens. That is something that is the really interesting point of view that Connor goes out and beats a wrestler on 18 days' notice, having not been prepared or preparing for a wrestler, despite yeah. having wrestling coaches with him in Vegas throughout his, his camp. So if I'm Connor McGregor, I see this as an opportunity to make the Aldo fight bigger, to him have an interim title for the promotion of the next fight, and to have knocked off that. Conor can't fight a wrestler, I think. Uh, like, Conor McGregor would fight um, Frank Yeager in a heartbeat on July 11th. Like, he, that type of guy, he'd fight anyone. He, like, I don't think... I don't think he'd be, like, thinking... Like, he's a fighter's mindset, rather than, like, if we were thinking about it now, like, if I was Conor, in Conor McGregor's shoes and I was offered a fight with Frank Yeager... On three weeks notice, I'd be telling them to go fuck themselves because three weeks to prepare for a wrestler when you've been preparing for a striker and the biggest match in the history of uh, heavyweight, uh, heavyweight, heavyweight in the UFC. Heavyweight sounds cool, though. <laughs> heavyweight is good, though. We need a new weight. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't be taking it, and I think that's probably what his management should be t- telling him as well. But it's not that simple from a sporting point and from maybe a monetary point. That's grand, but you also have those Irish fans traveling over, and you like Conor McGregor. I know the UFC mightn't have to think of that, although they they kind of do as well. But Conor McGregor does have to think about it a lot. Like probably a lot of his friends are traveling over and stuff. Like a lot of people who are who are supporting him from day one are traveling over. A lot of new people. Like what did you say? Twenty five percent of the sales came from Ireland in the UK. Yeah. Like, that. have you heard stories from people saying like how good are they are and stuff about it this morning? Yeah, well, I know I've had a lot of people say to me that they're pretty pissed off about it and that they were looking forward to it or coming from other places of America. Now, they don't know if they're going to until they find out what the story is. Even here, like, I've had, when it broke yesterday, people that don't even care too much about MMA texting me, asking about it. Uh, Dave Fogarty here on WhatsApp now, sending me questions. I have a question for the podcast. Who would you like to see replaced? Aldo, people care about this fight. It's... If yeah. anything, the reaction, like it made the RT news last night at 9 o'clock. That is absolutely huge. PT was on Morning Ireland this morning. Ireland cares now about Conor McGregor. Fair enough, they may not know about the sport of mixed martial arts. They may not give a shit about the unifi- unified 10-point must rule systems. But they're now aware of it. They're aware of the sport, what Conor does, how big of a star he is. And you even seen it from the US. Like 
Twitter absolutely shut down yesterday with yeah. like Alexander Schlemenko got off <coughs> for posting the highest testosterone uh, PED elevated testosterone level ratio in history and no one really give a fuck about it a three year suspension suspension yeah, a ten thousand dollar fine uh, for having was it 50 to 1 elevated yeah, testosterone ratio I, off the charts and it doesn't go higher than 50 He'll be grand. He'll he'll just go to um Russia. Russia and he fights. Russia. It's kind of pointless, like. Yeah. Well, looking at it from that way, though, the only people that were still reporting on that were the people that were in the hearing, <laughs> that were still <laughs> that, there and couldn't be outside ringing about Aldo and McGregor. Yeah. So, like, this is this is it. However, maybe now we have the potential to see Conor McGregor on a pay per view with Ronda Rousey or Conor McGregor on a pay per view with Chris Weidman, maybe in New York later in the year. Like this is the sort of the avenues now that are opening up for it, assuming the fight doesn't go ahead in a couple of weeks. I hear Croft Park is nice in October. Yeah, that won't happen. That, that won't. That's what they should do. Fuck it. Like, I like it. Imagine how quick Aldo pull out of that fight if that was happening. <laughs> so uh, you said you're okay for October, Jose. <laughs> yeah, where, where is that fight again? Ireland. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck! I brought oh, my. Oh, now you mentioned that my home. ribs acting up. <laughs> I left the kettle on. <laughs> <laughs> that all reoccurring rib injuries back again. Get the bat, Andre Pedaneris. <laughs> Get Villarino back in here. I need to test my body again to make sure it's do, okay. Do my other side. But look, conspiracy theories aside, the rib is a perfect place to have injured if you want to pull out of a fight. Is it? I, I think so. What, yeah, like, where, what, what else would you rather have someone hurt? I doubt that happened. Like, no, I'm just saying. Uh, let's talk Terry. Let's say I didn't want to fight Conor McGregor and I wanted to pull out of a fight. I'd have my. I would put my hands in the air and eat body shots for the day. You could just say you pulled your hamstring or something. Sure, nobody can fucking test that. Anyway. Well, a doctor can test that. <laughs> they can. They you, can. It's physios, like they're the only tough bullshit. They're the, they have no clue what's going on. Imagine if Jose Aldo tried to pull out of the fight with a pulled hamstring. <laughs> he yeah. would be in chains, sent to Vegas, and it, like tested by the UFC's doctors didn't, extensively. Didn't, didn't Cole Miller pull out of his fight with McGregor with a, a torn tendon? He torn stopped, ligament. Like, the same six, thing that six weeks before the fight. Connor Connor suffered the same injury himself, and then went yeah. on to fight Diego Randa. So yeah, fear does uh, fear does a lot of things to people, Sean. So well, everyone's going mad about it. We're, we still yeah. have another couple of weeks to talk about it. Unfortunately, maybe our great plans for a, a squad party Google Hangout discussing McGregor versus Aldo has now been shot completely in the foot. But there was some other great news last night. Cahill Pendred was added to the UFC 189 card after campaigning for a fight as quick as possible. Unfortunately, Cahill, you didn't get the one you originally wanted. Um, that's... Rick Story. Rick Story. Where was that? In that was Miami. in Florida, yeah. That's this. Oh, that's this weekend actually. Jeez, this weekend, he wanted that. Maybe he wanted to get in, get some last-minute dynamic fastener dollars before the Reebok deal comes in on July 11th. Um, and now he's going to be fighting on the July 11th card in a very tough fight against John Howard. Yeah, it's probably the toughest fight of his career to date. Um, John Howard's a big guy. He's fought. Has he fought a middleweight before? I think he has. Uh, they're two very similar type of fighters again. Like, Dodger the last time was kind of similar to him on the field, although his wrestling wasn't as good. John Howard's wrestling is, is pretty good, especially his defensive wrestling. So, I like I haven't had too much time to think about it. I haven't watched any tape or anything, but just offhand, um, it should be a good fight. I can see I can see the two of them trading early. It, I think it'll probably be a, 
a good opportunity for Cahill to show like he want, he's always wanting to show his new hands his um his additional striking acumen that he's been adding to his uh his game over the last year or so on. I like I can't see John Howard running away from him. Um he's lost his last three fights now as far as I know and he's uh he came back to the UFC in 2013, he won two and then he lost the three in a row, so this is a huge fight for him, he needs to win this fight and obviously for Cahill he wants to get that record of winning the, his first five UFC fights in a row in the space of one year, I don't think it's ever been done before, so it's, uh, it's a tough fight, but this could be one of those fights that maybe quite, like he still has a lot of haters and stuff and like I suppose It's, it's a fight that Cahill can win fans in I think yeah if, exactly if Cahill goes out stands with Howard in the exchanges and turns it into like we said the gritty Shea Mills type performance where he takes him down and can finish him on the ground like the two of them for Cahill being so um, athletic and so powerful and just being an all around great athlete John Howard is the perfect foil for someone like that he's explosive quick like that it won't be taken down easily but it can really put an exclamation mark on Cahill Pendred's abilities if he can take someone that good down hold them down beat them up ground out a win or maybe get a finish from ground and pound yeah I think he all that work he did in his cardio and altitude as well will pay off for him against uh, Howard because Howard's the type of, type of guy he tends to tire late in fights so even if Pendred loses the first round or two like this fight won't be over I think he'll still be in it late because we all know um how good Cahill's character is he keeps going even if he's hurt himself he keeps going and comes back so yeah I'd expect it to be a bit coy maybe early um, Howard's going to be hard for Pinder to take down but come late in the fight I think he will be able to take him down late in the second round maybe into the third round and you could see him getting a choke or something like that and then the other side of the reshuffle the only welterweight that Cahill Pinder wouldn't have been able to fight uh, Gunnar Nelson his opponent John Hathaway pulled out various reports I saw I think it was Sandu tweeting yesterday that he was in Hathaway's gym a couple of weeks ago and that Hathaway is looking as good as ever uh, and is obviously very very annoyed about the setback yeah he apologised to Gunnar Nelson yesterday this is a harder fight for Gunnar Nelson this is a better fight for Gunnar Nelson and this is a fight in my opinion that if Gunnar Nelson wins convincingly will get him a really good opponent maybe to headline a Dublin or European card later on in the year yeah, this is a fucking brilliant fight. It's just, this is a fight that, like, pricks like me and you have been talking about for years. Well, maybe not years, but. While we're. Really just, years actually happening. Go just on. while you said fights that pricks have been talking about for years, yeah. Conor McGregor dispatched Marcus Brimage and Graham from Severe MMA, given Frankie Edgar. He needs to fight Frankie <laughs> Edgar. He yeah, finish he Edgar won. within a round. Yeah, he's always said that, yeah. Frankie Edgar, punch and wind, that's all he does. Made Grey Maynard look like a world class boxer. <laughs> every day, I hear that from him every day on the phone. Oh, um, it's brilliant. But that, like, I just think the Edgar fight would be great. We leave it at that. But this was. is the test for Gunnar Nelson now. Can yeah. he re- rebound? Did you see Rick's story? Rick's story is a massive fan now of Irish fans and Sean Sheehan in particular. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. Yeah. He. Someone. Uh. What he was I... trending in Ireland he, he was, was getting a load of support being like yeah Rick get Cahill the fight let's go and Irish MMA fans are the best in the world we saw it with Neil Seary we saw it with Rick Story but then they, they have a very 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 <laughs> sour oh. side 
as Jeremy Stevens found out for the worst <laughs> last night. Some of the tweets that I was being tagged in just by being in the conversation was like, yeah, good lad, you've no hope of getting that fight. <laughs> yeah, people seem to go like that way. Right? Poria was the worst, though. After the fight, they were still on the fucking Poria. That was atrocious, like, but... Yeah, you would always get the like those people that were at the uh, press conference in Dublin. The other real people they're on Twitter too, but um. yeah, and like he couldn't have handled it worse. Jeremy Stevens started reacting and responding <laughs> yeah. to all of the Irish people. So here we go. Here, <laughs> jog on, mate. Hop in line. Not a chancer's hope there, Jeremy. Yeah. Uh, but this this fight anyway, the Gunnar Nelson. It's it's and Brandon Hatch fight. You may it's, give up them mushrooms, Jeremy. It's the uh, old-fashioned striker versus grappler fight. It's just, oh, it's brilliant! I can't wait. What, how, like, are you picking Gunnar Nelson? Who are you picking? I think it's got like, it all depends on how Gunnar Nelson has evolved from his last <coughs> fight against yeah. Rick Story. Has okay. he has he found the second, third, and fourth gears that he's never had to go into in his prior fights behind the Rick Story fight? He had relative, like relatively breezed through his UFC career. People will argue that first round with Zach Cummings. I'm not one of those people. I think Gunnar won it. But when it when it comes down to it, when he was pushed up, when someone put the pace on Gunnar, Gunnar couldn't get Rick Story down. He couldn't handle the the fast hands, the fast movement. Brandt, like, Thatch is the guy that's going to be able to do that. He's going to be able to walk Gunnar down. He's going to want to stand with him. He's huge. Put yeah. that out there. Like, Gunnar is going to need to really show how... Like, we know how good a striking can be because he was able to display it freely, calmly, and pretty, pretty technically when he was going against guys who weren't able to either outstrike him or confident enough in their ability to close the distance and not get taken down. I think Thatch is going to be confident enough to stand trade with Gunnar, let Gunnar express his striking, and not be worried about Gunnar getting him down. But then Gunnar will be able to take him down I think his he'll he'll rest on his laurels maybe of not being able to be taken yeah. down and Gunnar will surprise him I think Vincent Henderson showed the blueprint on how to beat Brandon Thatch you survive in the feet with him early he'll get a bit he'll get a bit tired because he's all of his fights apart from that uh, Henderson one have been one round fights let him tire out and then take him down and on the ground he isn't very good at all and we, we all know what Gunnar Nelson is like um like it'll either be an early I don't think like I don't think it'll either be an early stoppage for Thatch or Gunnar Nelson will survive and tire him out yeah tire him out and him and I think that's the way it goes but um yeah should be a good fight and uh, we'll discuss it more in the questions we have a lot of um, McGregor and Alda questions as well so we'll get to them in there on the topic yeah if let's just say we'll take this moment you're an Irish fan you're pissed off Conor McGregor isn't fighting. Neil Seary, Cahill Pendred, Gunnar Nelson, all on that same card. It's going to be the funniest thing in the world, as you said yesterday on Twitter, when the main, like the arena is empty, <laughs> or 25% of the arena is practically empty for the main event of the evening, because yeah. the Irish will be gone as soon as their boys are done. Yeah, and like, if catching, we're talking about, Costigan yes, as well, yeah. exactly, Catherine Costigan fighting in Vegas the night before on Invicta. 
Why not make it a weekend of Irish MMA? Myself and Peter Carroll will be there. You can sit with us. We can chat. You can come to Fogo afterwards with us. We're going to be oh, there oh, seeing... Oh, oh. What? Don't go that far now. you get fucking a thousand people. Oh, well. Hopefully. Hopefully. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But, like, there's, there's so many other reasons. Myself and so many other Irish BGJ athletes competing in Vegas the, that weekend at the American Nationals. There's... Conor McGregor is the main thing about it. Let's not get that... Uh, but it's International Fight Week. You know, there's so much stuff going on. Not sounding like a UFC shill. I'm sure you can check out the Reebok and Monster Energy stands at the, <laughs> at the Fight Expo. But apart from that... Corn nuts. Corn <laughs> to the core. Yeah! So, don't... It's not all doom and gloom. Your best weeks ever in Vegas. And there's a lot of Irish to get behind. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Rant over. Okay, we but we get on to more about McGregor and Aldo in the questions, but we have a couple more things to talk about. Okay, we might as well get to it. Kimbo Kimbo slice Ken Jamrock. Was it fixed? Uh, well, I don't think I can say anything on the matter. Think, look, do you think it was? Do you think it was um questionable? It was more than questionable, considering Ken Shamrock fought Heiss Gracie to a draw back in the early UFCs and wasn't able to finish a simple rear naked choke on Kimbo Slice. Now... That was 20 years ago. I'm not saying anything about how long ago it was, but the fact that he was able to grapple with one of the best black belts at the time... With Kimbo? Oh no, Heiss Gracie. With Heiss Gracie and not be submitted the second time yeah. and then not be able to, like to have so much excellent anti-jiu-jitsu to not be able to finish some rear naked choke it genuinely looked like Shamrock changed his hands to a worse position in that fight and that was the cue for Kimbo to get out like it was so so bad am I am I thinking am I thinking too much into that is no. Shamrock just 51 years old past it shit was doing a 90s variant of the rear naked choke that won't work anymore. Was Kimbo Slice... Like, fair enough. I don't dispute the fact that one or two shots from Kimbo would put Ken down. I have no problem believing that. Yeah. You have a point, but I just think... Like, there's a big difference between a fixed fight and just shitty MMA. Like, Ken Shamrock probably hasn't grappled with anyone in, like, five or six years. Um... To be fair, Kimbo has been training with ATT for like the last year and he defended the hand at one stage. At one stage, Ken had it fully on and as you said, I don't know whether it was tiredness or maybe, look, we don't know if it was fixed or not, but I don't think it was fixed. Um, he cha he did change up his position. Kimbo looked like he was in bad trouble. He looked like he was going to sleep, but then he survived it and, and got out. Um, I don't know. It was just, I think it was just really shitty MMA rather than actually being fixed or anything like that. I honestly don't think it was fixed. People are talking about when they were standing year to year. I think Joe Rogan was saying, and different like it was just a shitty clinch. That's what that was. They weren't talking to each other. Like, why would you come out straight out of the gate in a fixed fight and start talking to each other straight away? Like, they've nothing to talk about. Why would they be? Yeah, talking? I suppose but, uh, they already knew what was going to happen. Yeah, well, yeah. I understand that. Kimbo though displaying even worse takedown defense than he did awful, in the UFC. Awful, but like. Ken actually looked better than I thought he would, to be honest. The way he took the back when when uh, Kimbo went down, yeah. like it was, it was actually really good. Like watching it back the second time, that was one impressive thing about the fight. And obviously Kimbo. Oh has, no, no, Kimbo no. Has power there, was, as well. there was two impressive things about that fight. 
One. You're about to hear the, the sack. Wrestling Federation. For yeah. over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports oh, entertainment. Oh, what a rush. <laughs> a poor man's uh, okay, a, a, a poor man's mosh and is it mosh and thrasher the headbangers oh, oh yeah the, I worst, don't know their name, pair, uh, the worst tag team in the, the Australian lads yeah. no well, well they were probably behind the mean street posse for being the worst tag team of all time <laughs> but if we're talking about Ken Shamrock fighting again I want to see it I want to see him fight Hoist Gracie and oh, Bellator stop stop please how funny would that be it wouldn't be funny at all. It'd be fucking terrible. Like Heist Gracie has be, made no bones about how he hates MMA and how he thinks jujitsu is the way to go and all this. Let him fucking compete in jujitsu. Let him. I I'd watch him Gracie, MMA tomorrow. Gracie came out. Gracie came out and said he'd fight Shamrock again in MMA. You see, uh, he can fucking fight him away. I don't want to be watching that. <laughs> I don't want to part of my sport. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Like this. This was bad go enough. Ahead, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this was bad enough. But if you fucking a high scratchy against Ken Shamrock, Jesus, that's gonna be fair. Who'd you who'd you give for Kimbo next? I thought, I saw a few people saying uh, Bobby Lashley. Seth Petrozel. Yeah, you have to, you have to make Seth. I'm serious, you have to make that fight. No, you don't. What about Petrozelli trying to storm on the cage afterwards? Great man. What a man. Uh, Kimbo Slice. Ian Freeman wants to fight Kimbo Slice. Rather, yeah. Talk about trying to claw yourself out of the depths of of obscurity. Resident of who gives a fuck about you anymore Avenue, Ian Freeman, coming out of the f nowhere like, oh, I'll fight Kimbo Slice. Yeah, you want a payday. That is absolutely ludicrous. Back of the line, Ian. Give him Bobby Lashley. Oh, Jesus, do not. He get killed by Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley just take him down and finish him like within a minute. He's so bad. Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley's actually like good at mixed martial arts. Like he fought at the weekend and he like he wasn't great, but he's. I thought he's like 12 and 2 or something in his career in heavyweight. Like, that's not bad. He's a good wrestler and stuff. Like, he, he has actual wrestling ability. He's not just a WWE guy, but he killed Kimbo. Kimbo wouldn't have a hope. Well, Ken Shamrock, there's only one man next for him. Or, or. McDonough, McDonough. Get him on the mean streets exactly. of fucking Mayo or somewhere. Down the lane. Exactly. Actually, holy shit. I meant to text you about this the other day. Do you know that what? film Knuckle? Yeah. Knuckle 2 is being filmed in Dundalk. Really? Yeah. I swear <laughs> to God, there's a gym in Dundalk and they're, uh, they're apparently the guys were trying to go in with cameras or something like that the other day and were uh, recording them. I don't know. I think they were thrown out or something like that, but there's travelers that to be around like hitting a bag and stuff. Yeah. And the camera crew <laughs> followed them in and apparently it's for Knuckle 2. Sweet. Unreal. Must watch that. Okay, we'll get on to... Yin Jatrix cards. Before we get into that, is there anything else in that card that uh, that you liked? Can we just talk about Joanna Champion? Yeah, fuck the rest of them. Okay. How good is she? She's just the best. I want to marry her. I am. Um, I agree. Patrick Wyman put up a very good tweet yesterday. We all we all learned how to say Nogueira. I don't mind that prick. Emilianenko. <laughs> I'm I'm good friends with Patrick Wyman, so I'm not calling him a prick. Well, I did call him a prick, but it was only joke. And something else, I forget what it was. So, Joanna Jędrzejczyk, am I right? Yeah, yeah close enough. Close enough. Jędrzejczyk, whatever, put on an absolute clinic at the weekend. 
I have been waxing lyrical for so so long about how boxing is so good at MMA because they attack the body but now we are finally seeing what a world-class Muay Thai athlete can do when translated properly into MMA. Things like short elbows off a clinch position against the cage um, one of the most underutilized techniques in MMA which I'm, I was delighted to see her throw so much was a high kick off the break of a clinch against the cage. Did you see that sometimes when there was yeah. a gap? She went to the side and then threw up the right high kick or the left high kick. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, lots of knee attack, uh, knees to the stomach, knees in the clinch. It was a beautifully performed uh, performance from Joanna. I don't see anybody touching her in that division. Striking-wise. Um, yeah, agreed. <clears throat> Your jet track is... She's an oddity in MMA because she's one of those people who will stand right in front of you, toe-to-toe with you, and trade. She, if you throw hands at her, she will throw hands back at you, and she'll beat you to the punch every time. And that doesn't happen very much because people want to protect their teams. They're getting more defensively, um, defensively minded and stuff. But she's so good that she can do it. She's, she's just unbelievably good. Like, when the fight started, <laughs> like, from moment one, you could see Jessica Pinay's nose just get caught oh. up in it. and the blood just started pouring from it, it was like it was a what an elbow yeah she's just she's so good her fans her fans her hands are so fast the way she pushes people against the fence and it's Conor McGregor kind of did against uh, Diego Brandao in Dublin you saw just before he knocked him out when he hit him with that uh, roundhouse kick to the face when Brandao was kind of turning around and he stalked him against the fence yeah. and like he kept him against the fence which is a very hard thing to do because people usually circle and kind of run away if you're stopping like that. But Conor McGregor usually does it and um, your J-Trek does it as well. Excellent at cutting off the cage. Exactly, yeah. Cuts off the cage and just whips in with shots from all angles. And uh, it was beautiful near the end. It was in the round of the finish in the third round. It was at the start of the third round when uh, Pena had been hurt at the end of the second. She kept attacking the legs and was like, oh. if you're thinking like, why is she attacking the legs? It was so smart because she attacked the legs, right? And then uh, started attacking the body with kicks. And like the first maybe 90 seconds of the round, she kept hitting them. And then uh, Pena got worried about that. And then she start, started attacking high and with the high kicks and like low to high. And then with punches high as well. When she hadn't been thrown really many punches, it was all kicks. And like Pena wasn't expecting it to, to come. And that was kind of the beginning and the end. The stoppage. He kind of stopped it at a weird time. Yeah. He should have stopped it earlier, but at the time he stopped it, it was kind of a bad... But it was a bad exchange when he stopped it, but yeah. fair play to Mark Goddard. I think it was the right right call. Yeah, I, um, think. I think there was a sequence about to open up from Joanna that was probably going to put the fight beyond dead anyway. One thing in particular I noticed from watching and listening to that fight, Dan Hardy and John Gooden are a fucking excellent combination right. together. Dan Hardy in particular... Stole a point of mine that I noticed that I wanted to make on the podcast. While Joanna is a very, very good striker, her I think she's going to con a lot of refs and trick people in that she's doing a lot more damage than she actually is with her fast volume punches against the cage that actually turn into Bass Rutten style open hand pan slaps. Like literally yeah. just tippy-tappy sort of things. Maybe that's a thing to uh, open something up for the big shot. But I don't think people should be waxing lyrical or gushing over everything about how Joanna throws massive, massive combinations that hurt when really they don't. She's more of a 
technical striker that one or two precise strikes are going to hurt and they're going to land in the right spot in order to cause maximum damage aside from that absolute champions performance from her and um, can't wait to see her next fight yeah I think uh, like all the elite fighters you, you said it perfectly there <clears throat> they throw the accurate strikes and then they combine them with the power strikes as well and that's what you need that's really what you need because if you're throwing power strikes all the time you're going to there's no one in the world with the cardio that can keep throwing them all the time um, but she her blend is just so perfect uh, I saw someone talk about it she, like she's been training my time so for going on 10 years that gap is hard, that gap is hard to close unless there's someone like with a, a wrestling background that's um, maybe Olympic level even that, that can come in and um, take her down and keep her on the ground that's, that's the only way I can see someone beating her now I don't think anyone has gone to a Anyone is going to be around the field, and she's shown how good her wrestling is. Like Carla Sparza, for my money, is the best wrestler in the division, um, and she just absolutely ruined her. So maybe um, the Gadelia fight was close. That time I thought she won, and a lot of people thought she lost. That's another good fight to get in there again. I think she absolutely whipped Gadelia this time, uh, and that other yeah, Jessica Aguilar as well is another one she's obviously fighting the one, the one negative I'd say about Joanna is the last 30 seconds of a round I think she kind of wilts a little bit not that she she's not a shark there was two occasions in the fight at the end of both of the rounds that uh, Jessica Penny was getting into a dominant position in the grappling now whether that's Joanna just being like I know she's not going to do anything in these last couple of seconds so ease off and then she ended up I think there was one time she was close to taking the back at the end of the first round the yeah. second she was close to getting a takedown as well or she did take her down and it's those sort of things you'd be worried about maybe you're getting into a, a tighter fight against someone who's a better defensive striker than Jessica Penny that can see a round out by maybe getting a takedown or two Joanna loses two or three rounds in a fight and maybe loses a controversial decision that's the only thing I could see her working on in the future yeah definitely Okay, before we get to the questions, the fights this weekend, they've absolutely been ravaged by these issues and stuff, but we have Yoel Romero against Leota Machida. You're not okay about this fight happening? No, no I'm not. Leota Machida fought two months ago and got his head smashed against the canvas against Luke Rockgold and he's fighting again like 70 days later I think it is. That's, that's just wrong. Like, he shouldn't even be back in training yet, in my opinion. Like, he got concussed after You could see it clear as day that he was uh, he was wobbly and all. After, remember after the first round, he wobbled back to his uh, <clears throat> back to his chair and he got finished in. I, like, we watch MMA. We spoke about it a few weeks ago after that show. You, you were asked where, was it Tommy McCarthy got knocked yeah, out? Yeah. And we watch it, like, because there's kind of a predication that it's going to be safe and that people, the, these people who are fighting are going to be actually looked after and they won't be allowed to fight unless they're physically able to do so. Like, Leona Machida shouldn't be fighting. He should have got a suspension from the Atlantic Commission that actually held up and he shouldn't have been able to go to a doctor and get cleared. Like, I'm not okay with this fight. I think he should have got... He, should, he shouldn't be allowed to fight for six months or something like that. Uh, like, this is... I don't know. I, like, I'm going to watch the fight, obviously, I have to cover it and stuff, but... How do you see it going, though? For, like, I think, while Yoel Romero has proved how good he is, I can see him, I can see this being a classic Leona Machida, someone yeah. rushes him on the back step, drops him with a jab sort of thing, because of the whole karate, 
you know, that everyone seems to get erections over these days. I think that he will catch him with something. I think he's too good of a counter striker. I think Romero is going to come in reckless. I don't can't see him sticking to any sort of concrete game plan. Unless he goes in with rushing him from a wrestling and grappling point of view, then maybe we could see Joel Romero pick up a few rounds and keep Leoto on the ground because the one thing I will say about Leoto Machida, we have seen him wilt a lot in the later rounds in his last couple of fights. Yeah, He's not is, looking as... Because he put everyone away in the start of his career, we never really saw it. The Weidman fight, you know, he was... He was pretty tired talk a bit of damage I know there was obviously damage that he took from strikes and stuff in the fight but Lyoto Machida is showing his age a little bit these days I think yeah he's, he, he has good enough carry I wouldn't say he's that bad but I think um, I see this fight going it's going to be very cat and mouse I think uh, Lyoto Machida is very good against wrestlers but Yoel Romero is the best wrestler he's ever faced like this is an Olympic silver medalist he's fighting um, I think the first round is going to be one that you're going to probably be scoring 10-10. I don't think I don't think Romero will be able to catch him early. I think in the second round, Lissat might get a couple of takedowns and stuff. <clears throat> and Romero, is, he gets tired, but he keeps his power. He's one of these guys who keeps his power. He's three third-round finishes in his career, and like 11 fights or something. Um, I, I think he's... I think eventually Machida will kind of get tired. He can't keep running around like he does. And uh, and keep that step for five rounds. I think going into the late the third round and the fourth round maybe, um, you and Romero will get the upper hand, and I think he I think he's gonna finish him. Like Machida's chin can't be recovered from from that beating he took against uh, Rockhold. Now I I see uh, Romero finish him maybe with ground and pounds uh, in the fourth. There you go. Huh. There you go, Sean. We had a lot of questions. We, we have 15 minutes, give or take. 20 minutes, we'll say. Uh, we'll say 15, because I'm going for lunch and you're going to work. <sighs> Open the bag. Jesus. Okay. Hold on. Let me, let me get them up. Um, Patrick asks, my brother Patrick, yes. I saw that just there. Are putting Gunnar Nelson and Carl Pindred on the fight card, has that a lot to do with the Irish fans? Um, I well, Gunner was already on it. I think I saw actually yeah. to show how much of this this was the Conor McGregor show. I actually saw a couple of people on Facebook yesterday say Gunner's just been added to the card as well, even yeah. though he'd been on it for a while. It was just the running order, the official order wasn't announced until the other day. So that was like Gunner Nelson, as expected, flies under the radar. Um, Cahill Pendred though, I don't think the UFC are going to do it like. But we give you Cahill Pendred And I shut the fuck up I think it was a genuine case of Cahill wanted to fight as quick as possible He was disappointed by his last performance He felt like he wanted to show more For the money that he had spent Preparing for the fight in Mexico And now he's been given the opportunity Through injury He got lucky Yeah uh, And it makes sense yeah, Why not sense, Why yeah. not put him there They weren't going to put him on the Sunday night Or something like that Or in Miami Why not just get them all together yeah, I think I, I think there might have been a bit of thought about it to just to appease the Irish fans. Brett Johns just tweeted, "Don't worry, guys. Uncle Dan has been on the phone. Pikey saving the day for July." <laughs> uh, oh God! Uh, Tom Rooney is a question of all pal from Auburn to your title notwithstanding, with victory over Edgar Mendes not do more to into this course that McGregor is just hype. Uh, I I don't think it matters to be honest. I think this Aldo fight is so big. That it needs to be saved. 
no matter what. Um, <clears throat> obviously, a win over uh, Edgar Mendes would make it bigger, as we, we talked about it earlier on. But I, they don't need that fight. They need the Aldo McGregor fight. That's what they need. The risk, like the risk, is bigger than the reward, in, in my opinion. Um, they'll do whatever they can to save this fight. I think. Yeah, like when you look at it from the end of the day, this is the UFC's chance, maybe to get a star back on the pay per view market. If Conor McGregor went, goes out and loses, that could be a lot of people's interest in him done. That's not to say it would be, but if you just look at it from a realistic point of view, that if Conor did lose, people aren't going to be as interested in him anymore. So I can see them waiting for the Aldo match, build that up as much as possible. They're one million dollar commercial that they shot. They can't like they can't move it to UFC one ninety <laughs> because that's in Brazil. Your your uh, your ad doesn't work there anymore. They're gonna to need to reschedule it for oh yeah for Vegas. That. But um, I actually got one here. Let's assume Jose Aldo is avoiding a test. How do you handle this if you're Aldo's coach? From Calvin Farrell, a loud man. Um, do you, well, like, that's, a, that's a difficult question because uh, the last time he avoided or, uh, a test, someone got deported yeah. from Brazil. <laughs> and it was his coach who helped him avoid the test. And so when we there, say avoid, I suppose you've answered the question yourself. You get the person <laughs> yeah. deported from the country. Exactly. Uh, well, when we say when I say avoided, there, I mean um, correctly uh, get the authorities to look into it, so that um, this person who isn't working with their correct visa can can be shown the door and sent back to to America. So America. Brazilian, so Brazilian law can be upheld. Fair play to Andrew Padanares. What an upstanding mm. gentleman of the Brazilian exactly, community. Exactly, exactly. He should run for office. Moving uh, on. Shane Power. What are your thoughts on Aaron Dallin? Look good in short notice and could easily make bantamweight. On whose side? <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, Aaron Dallin, yeah. Got the, the shit kicked out of him and then pulled off an impressive victory. Jesus, this is this might be the first time that you've seen a fight and I haven't seen it. There, well... To be honest, Sean, I'm bluffing because I only saw the guillotine. <laughs> yeah, same here. That's all I saw as well. Well, I've I seen was, him fight uh, before. Very yeah, good. Yeah, he is very good. And I just think it's absolutely hilarious that a Brit comes into the UFC, gets a win. Excuse If the children are in the room, cover their ears. And the UK media fans get the cock out and they go to town on Arnold Allen. Like, he is not the saviour of the UK What's MMA. That? He's good, in fairness. He is good. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We didn't get our, ahead of ourselves with Conor McGregor until after uh, the Holloway fight. Until uh, after the Holloway uh, fight. Uh, oh, no. Until Come after on. the Holloway fight. Ah, uh, easy now. But as easy as it is for somebody to write an article or an opinion piece and say about how this is the next big star of Europe and he's not an arrogant prick like McGregor. <laughs> like, what's... like? What sort of opinion do you have to have of yourself to actually put something like that in writing? Like you genuinely must think you are the best of the best to be able to throw something like that at. So just let's halt the brakes. Arnold Allen, excellent oh, guillotine. Great yeah. finish, great heart, great tenacity. But in my opinion, we I like if we if we're looking at it from an Irish point of view, let's say Paul Redmond pulled out a win like that against Bektich in the third round do you think there's a mass hysteria about Paul Redmond being the second coming if he had done something like that uh, I think it's different 
I think do you think it's, do you think, yeah, like they this. need someone like that so they're going to yeah. get so excited over it they've just had who was the golden boy and all around I still think he's a great fighter I still really like him one of my favourite people I've ever interviewed Luke Barnett but then the wheels fell off on that and then it's kind of the whispers go down I think Alan uh, I never thought Luke Barnett was going to be anything UK MMA people did yeah but the I think Alan Alan are picking up Alan well, I think Alan has a shot at being a top 10, top 5 fighter, yeah, maybe yeah. even a champion, but I wouldn't be too low on him now. I don't really listen to UK MMA people. I'm not really, I don't, like, you probably know more of them than I do, but I just kind of look Is at him on his Is that because you've muted all of them on Twitter, Sean? <laughs> 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 Someone once told me. Cause, cause. <laughs> Someone once. <laughs> I, someone once accused me of being part of the UK MMA media I'm like what the fuck well, I'm the furthest thing you could find from the UK MMA media you bastard I want to see I want to see Arnold Allen against Amir Khani in Dublin I think he whooped the that shit out of Amir Khani Amir Khani's all hype you think he's all hype he's fine he fought Andy Ogle and a, lat, a tough Latin America taekwondo fighter in his two fights okay if we can just throw it out there I think UK MMA UK fighters are going to have a great next 18 to 24 months in the octagon and it's because of guys like Arnold Allen maybe Brett Johns coming over from Titan in the future Paddy Pimblett Alex Enland all of these guys getting into the UFC making a name for themselves similarly to how the Irish people did about being kept on the regional circuit for too long I think Paddy Pimlet comes into the UFC after yeah. a win like that at the weekend he's going to fuck boys up he's going to be a star he is definitely a guy the UFC are going to be watching for and it's because he has been kept on this scene for a longer period of time maybe than necessary maybe then you'd see the US guys coming into the UFC at and I think it's going to be the same thing that happened with the Irish fighters it's going to happen to the UK fighters now in the next year as well Paddy Pimblett in on that, in that, on that Dublin car is a fucking travesty. You gotta get that guy into the UFC. Like, he's ready. Come on, get him in there. Now that you I, mentioned the old way, you meant Dublin card UFC. I thought you meant yeah. Dublin card. Arbama. I, I was the one who put it up there. Labov against him. If Labov breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking yeah. news. Into my email as we speak. The Severe MMA Podcast Extra is returning tomorrow with an interview with Bama matchmaker Jude Samuel. Oh, nice. uh, we're going to discuss the event in the three arena. Nice. Tell him to put make make that five. And tell him to give me a cut of it. A cut of I, okay, I suppose we better move on. Sheehan wants a cut. Gilbosh over on Twitter. I think he's. I might be wrong. I think he's Brazilian. Um, with many top fighters happy to step in against McGregor, if the fight is moved, will empathize the view that Conor McGregor is being protected. Yeah. Yeah, like so many people can take that like obviously you don't want to look at oh the internet is always right but that's what I'm saying it's a lose-lose for Connor. he takes the fight and beats Edgar Edgar was on short notice he doesn't take the fight probably not through his own choosing and he's been protected yeah um, it'll definitely add fuel to the fire like <clears throat> we mentioned it earlier on if um, if they don't give him Edgar We'll say uh, if they move the fight, I don't think it'll emphasize it really that much. But if they don't give him, if they ever give him a Jeremy Stevens or something like that, and not Frank Edgar, I think then it would uh, imagine the fucking outrage and online if if that was to happen. But yeah, I I think they'll remake the other fight, and I think that's what they want to do. Sean, but, let's not get upset any further. Yeah, 
<sighs> Do you want to answer a couple more questions? Yeah, go for it. We have the time. We have um, the power. Keith Finn asks on Twitter, Do you think Detach is a bad matchup? We talked about it a bit. Yeah. A bad matchup for Gunnar Nelson, considering the story outstruck him. I think it can be a bad first round for Gunnar Nelson, but I don't think it would be a bad three-round fight for Gunnar Nelson. Yeah. I think uh, Tatch is very different from um, Story. Story's kind of that guy <clears throat> who's very he's very technically good and he doesn't give you many chances. He's defensively good, he's takedown defense is good, he's he's an all around good guy, like he's beating Johnny Hendricks. This guy is he's no mug like Brendan Tash will give you opportunities. He is very wild as a striker. If you can avoid those and catch on to a leg or something you can take him down. Um I think he'll give you more opportunities. Obviously, it's a very dangerous fight. He's one of the best. Like he's he's a bit of a Carlos Condit uh, in the way he comes out and he attacks very hard. He's a finisher, so that's obviously going to be dangerous for for Gunnar. But um, yeah, it's just Sean, a great fight. Who's Matt Wyman? Matt Wyman, handsome Matt Wyman. And am I better looking than him? No, you actually look a bit alike. What? Yeah. Well, well. Let me Google this. I don't know. No, I'd have to go with Matt Wyman. I apologize. That's okay. I'll, I'll forgive you for now. Um, and also, one one thing one thing that came up. What about Jose Aldo retweeting the UFC's tweet after it was announced yeah. he was injured yesterday? Now, I assume a social media guy is getting fired. But for those of you that don't know, the UFC put up a tweet. UFC 189, Jose Aldo Jr., a decade of dominance. Retweet if he continues this streak. And Aldo retweeted that off his page after it. So... Bit yeah. weird. Okay, last question. This is a question from fucking Sean Sheehan. <laughs> oh. What's the best case scenario? How can this all end? That will be good for everyone. What do you think? <sighs> Just got a tweet. Where, where, where is Andrew McGahan, my friend? He must be. Uh, I, I kept uh, putting his calls to voicemail during this podcast, so I'm sorry, Brian. <laughs> best case scenario? I don't really know, Sean. Jose Aldo has hurt himself. No doctor, like, and we know that. Unless it was completely misdiagnosed. And it's like... I can't think. What is the... Fuck me, that's a good question. I think the best case scenario is... The results come back today. It's like a, Aldo's an, K. An 8% break, uh, 8% break or something like that. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Why the fuck did you say an 8% break? I don't know. Okay, okay, we'll say an 8% <laughs> break. And he can fight. That, that's, that's the best case scenario. And, but if, then, if, Al, if Aldo's injured, what's the best case scenario? If he can't fight. I genuinely think, hand on heart, who's Aldo's injured, who's going to step up? Frankie Edgar. Paul Dollery put up a thing today, we were both tagged in a tweet, and he said he was led to believe that Duffy did approach the UFC and they said we have options. So yeah, to be honest, for what? Duffy's not, Duffy's not getting it. But he was so right to call him out to yeah, make, to make a, a case for getting that fight. Absolutely. Remember, remember one of our first podcasts ever? We were talking about Joseph Duffy, and I was like, uh, Sean, "He needs I can't to call the You taught me. You taught me that this never happened, and I kind of half agreed with you. But I'm glad it did happen. Though. What a promo! Like that was fucking brilliant. The man knows how to cut. He's a good management behind him. <laughs> He does, in fairness, though. Um, yeah, so, but 
I, I'd like to see the Frank Jagger fight, but like three weeks to prepare and stuff. Like <clears throat> it sounds like I'm getting the excuses ready for Conor McGregor to lose. You're doing but it. Just <laughs> the same excuses can be made for uh, for Frank Jagger if he loses. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, fuck it. Make the fight. Make Frank the fight. Sheehan has spoken, people. Make the fight. Make Dana, the we know fight. you're listening. <laughs> Shelby, you're a big fan of the podcast. Do Sean it. has given you the permission. Your namesake brother has given you the permission to run this fight. Make it. There we go. Let it be so. Sean Sheehan has to go to work, everybody, I'm afraid. I have to go get some lunch. It is 17 minutes past two here on this Wednesday afternoon. We are going to be tasked with the incredibly difficult job of waking Graham from Severe MMA up in order to get this podcast up ASAP because we are terrified that something is going to break regarding this fight between yeah. us pressing stop and the podcast being uploaded. So, I, can, uh, I can give you... I can, I can give Conor you McGregor against Tennessee for two. How, how do you think that'll go? <laughs> Edit this. <laughs> to be honest, Sean... We may be doing another podcast tonight. If something happens... Yeah, we can do that. We can do it again. We'll get it out there. We'll talk. We'll discuss. If you want to get in touch with us, great questions this week. We appreciate it um, immensely. I got closer to the 3,000 followers thanks to last night's news, Sean. A nice, yeah, I, a nice I, spike. I woke up today. I got 20 more yesterday, and I woke up today with about another 20. So I'm, I'm on the 2,599 now. I'm one away from 2,600. At Sean over on Twitter... What did you say it was? 2599. Two, five, nine. Look at us clamoring over Twitter followers. I've got yeah. 2965. That's Andrew McGahan underscore. And the man that puts both of us to shame combined at Severe MMA. Thank you very much. We are back tomorrow with the Severe MMA Podcast Extra. We will be covering this whole topic throughout the week. I wouldn't be surprised if we release another episode in the next couple of days because of breaking news. Conor McGregor, UFC 189 related. But until then, get well soon, Aldo.